People of the world, it's the Brothers Talk family with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm. Join us each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or on our website to hear us three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. You can reach us with your comments, questions, and suggestions at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and the Facebook group of the same name. And also follow us on Facebook. And if you want to share in more detail, hit us up at the email address, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Stay tuned for our soon-to-launch YouTube channel, and now on with this week's show. Well, we're back, and greetings to the Brothers Talk family around the world, listening in the car, the gym, the den, the kitchen, the barber beauty shop, in the backyard, on the corner, or wherever you hold your relevant conversations to spur critical thinking and activism to support the Black community. Welcome, as always, first-time listeners, and we look forward to you joining us in encouraging, enlightened conversations as we promote new and existing Black businesses and opportunities to empower and enrich our community. This week in coronavirus, scientists are now calling it a triple-demic, with the trio of respiratory infections with the flu and RSV2 joining COVID in overrunning hospitals, which many across the country are now reporting that their critical care wards are now 100% filled meaning they cannot take any new cases of anything of a critical nature. So good luck to you if you not only get one of the three, but remember that there are so many other critical care issues like heart disease, stroke, diabetic attacks, car accidents, and the list goes on. And as bad as that is, remember, people, vaccinations and boosters can greatly reduce your chances of getting infected, being hospitalized, or most importantly, dying from the coronavirus as we are right around the corner from the holidays. And we'll continue to believe that you don't want to be infecting family members, especially our medically fragile seniors during your visit. And perhaps you may have heard about the cruise ship that docked in Australia with over 800 positive cases of COVID out of 4,600 people. That's one in five. And the medical team said there are likely many more who may be asymptomatic, haven't been tested, or need to be retested. We can and we must do better. And now to my brothers in the struggle for critical thinking, Scott and Noah. Hey, family. Thank you for your continued support. And uh, again, uh, coronavirus is still here with us. And um, every place that I went this past weekend, it appeared to me that I was the only person with a mask on. Um, I haven't gotten my second booster, but I'm going to get my second booster uh, this week, simply because of the fact that everywhere I go, people are, are behaving as if the virus is over. And like Rod just said, uh, when you got 800 people on a cruise ship in a confined area, even even though it's open out the, out the sea and in the ocean, that that many people getting the virus says that we still have a serious problem and a long ways to go before this virus is over. Uh, people are complaining about about the fact that prices are going up, uh, that they can't can't afford things. But for some reason, everywhere I go and everywhere I see, people are out spending money. They're they're out in large crowds, and they're not wearing masks. They're not protecting themselves, and they're not protecting other people. So, get the vaccine and wear your mask. Norm, thanks, Scott. And I just want to remind our listeners that the holiday season is upon us 
and we should concentrate on supporting black businesses, Kwanzaa, whatever, Christmas, whatever you celebrate, there's a black business that can benefit from your patronage. So here we are in the aftermath of the red ripple that was supposed to be a red wave. And while the Dems can breathe a little easier, they definitely can't take a deep breath. So far, it looks like they'll hold on to the Senate, even with the Georgia race for Warnock being headed for a runoff. And the House at this point seems to be up in the air, but leaning toward the repugs. If that holds, it'll likely be bye-bye to the House committee investigations of 45 and a whole lot of Biden investigations of nonsense that are practically guaranteed to derail any serious legislation like the voting rights bill, reparations, or women's rights. Also, there's the fact that in two years, other Senate seats will be up for grabs along with the presidency, and who knows how that'll work out. At least for now, Biden should be able to get his judicial nominees through the Senate, and hopefully he'll get a chance to put someone else on the high court replacing Uncle Clarence, and maybe he'll finally wise up and expand the court. Here's something that I'm putting out there for the Dems, because I once again failed to see how they missed the obvious. Why is it that going back to Al Gore, every time we see a legitimate reason to question the validity of the elections, the Dems failed to do it? We all remember that Gore was 597 votes out of over 6 million cast in Florida. That's 0.009% when Uncle Clarence and Skoda stopped the recount in Florida, even though his wife, Jenny Thomas, the same Jenny Thomas, who's the subject of the January 6th investigation of trying to overthrow the last election, was on the Bush transition team. But Uncle Clarence didn't recuse himself and the Dems didn't press the issue. Then there's the last elections of Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham, who miraculously won races going away. They were significantly trailing in the polls, not to mention Georgia and Florida, where Stacey Abrams and Andrew Gillum supposedly lost by tiny margins in two states where voter suppression is on steroids. Which brings us to the DeSantis election in Florida, supposedly winning heavily Democratic districts in Florida this time around. Can somebody please tell me what we call all those dim voters to suddenly switch over to 45 2.0? It just does not make sense. You know, Rod, uh, those are my sentiments also. Uh, but my most pressing concern is who's advising the Democrats? Uh, they run, when you have Republicans saying that, they are easy, easy uh, um, elections they could have won they just ran the wrong uh, candidate and I agree with that but I was telling my brother the same thing I was like you know let's just be logical here and, and I may sound racist here but I'm just I'm just going to try to be logical we got a situation here where the Republicans what they decided to do to run somebody black against Warnock they moved Herschel Walker back from, from Texas to Georgia. So they had a black man against a black guy. That way, race is not playing a big role into that. Well, the Democrats, why would you think, no matter how great the candidate is, in Wisconsin, which is probably about 90% white, if not more, you had Ron Johnson, a guy who's there that people hate. They hate Ron Johnson. This is according to a Republican. But they ran a black male who took him down to the wire. But had it been white on white, 
I think it was a good chance that Democrats would have won that. And that's across the board. If you take a look at what happened in Georgia, Warner uh, is the only black candidate still standing. All of the other candidates lost. Uh, when you take a look at Val Deming, Val Deming is a great candidate. I love what she stands for. I love her track record. Her campaign was, was I mean, in, in, in the debate, she crushed. But she's black. Marco Rubio is Cuban or, or something like that. And they don't particularly like black people. And in Florida, that's what we got. And we can go one to the other to the other where we had good black candidates but you had them in a situation where it was almost impossible for them to win when you were in a uh, same thing with Marjorie, Marjorie Taylor Greene. There were two white females who challenged her, but the black guy won in the primary. In Rome, Georgia, they voted for her like 90%. I think they voted in Georgia, that area, for Donald Trump at a higher rate than anywhere else in the state. But yet, they ran a black guy against Marjorie Taylor Green. What were they expecting to happen? So that's what my concern is, the logic. If, are you trying to win, or are you just trying to make history? Um, that's a good point, Scott. You know, the, the point I like to discuss actually here is, what exactly are the Democrats trying to do? Are they just trying to, again, maintain the status quo, or are they trying to be the change agents here? Because I haven't heard any policies, any legislation, anything they actually want to do or try to sell the electorate to vote for them. You cannot run a campaign. You cannot run a, a national campaign on, on, on abortion. That just isn't going to work. You know, or, or the economy. I mean, you really have to start telling people what they want to hear and what you're going to do for them. And again, you know, they're just happy to maintain the status quo. That's just my opinion. I don't really see them any better than the Republicans. And I think you both make good points that we're looking at dumb and dumberer because a lot of the post-election analysis says that the reason Republicans didn't win was because they really didn't have any message other than we want to take the power. And I think the Democrats, from what I was able to see, was that they were just spread all over the place so that there was no unified message. They had plenty of messaging, but there wasn't any one concerted message. And I think that both were failing strategies. And as I said, what I saw within the the Democratic Party is that low-hanging fruit that they never seem to want to raise. Because I keep asking the question, how do the Democrats not become the real party of election deniers. There's all this evidence sitting right in front of them. And if anybody should be questioning election results, it ought to be the Democrats. And they have the logic behind them. But instead, they move from, from, from milk toast to basically just vanilla issues and always seemingly to expect that the population, the electorate is much smarter than it really is. And so instead of bringing the topics down to a level where people can get their arms around them, they go with these highfalutin concepts and knowing that, as we've said on many times with the population, 
not even being able to comprehend things at a sixth grade level, how do they possibly expect that people are going to really embrace all of these high tone concepts? And so what you had was two losing propositions on both sides. And so it's amazing that anything got done. You know, uh, another issue too is, and I don't know whether the Democrats are going to address it. They talked about it a little bit on Ari Melbourne's show, Melbourne show. They talked about the fact that what the Republicans have been doing, and they they did it in 14, they did it in six, they did it in 18, 16, 18, and then 20, and it worked. It worked to an extent. They tried to suppress the vote uh, by lying about the polls. They knew that the Republicans, there wasn't going to be a red wave. But they felt like, and then so the, the problem here is the networks are in cahoots with that because they're getting ratings. But they knew it. But in the past, when they say, oh, it's going to be a red wave, look like the Republicans are going to take this in a red wave, that turns some people off, say, oh, what, what's the point of me going to vote because the Republicans are going to win it. And that's what they tried to do this time, except for there were more pressing issues, those issues on the ballot that people were more concerned about in terms of reproductive rights and uh, and democracy. And that seemed, those seemed to be the two things that carried the day for the Democrats. But this, this nonsense about uh, the networks supporting what the, what the Republicans were doing by uh, basically being disingenuous when it comes to the polls, that has to be addressed. And I'm waiting, waiting to see whether the Democrats are going to do it. And, and I just wanted to make one last point here. You know, you want to talk about a country that has just totally morally bankrupt. How could people vote for Herschel Walker? How could someone like him get 49% of the vote? I mean, is there anything left with any kind of decency or morals out there? Is there, is there anything? I think not. Well, at the end of the day, though, it's hypocrisy and racism at its core, because these same people who would go out of their way today to try and quote Dr. King are then rejecting the guy who is pastoring the last church that Dr. King was the senior pastor of when he died. And these same people claim to have the moral high ground and they've got the same kind of morality that they had when they voted for 45. So we're seeing just the latest examples of that kind of hypocrisy and racism. And it even extends to the point where if you saw where 45 was out there criticizing a governor who he thought had a, an Asian name and Turns out the guy is white. That's the kind of thing. And the guy is a Republican. And so, but that's how racism is just at the core and the hypocrisy that they use to try to defend it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But racism is illogical in the first place. So and we've said that a number of times. So if you are start out from a premise of illogic, then you're not going to use logic to make a decision. What you just said, Rod, is is, is really, really, really key to me, but the Democrats aren't paying attention to anything. My, 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 my other concern is, how do we get involved? How do we get engaged? 
how do we get to these people to say, wait a minute, you know, you've been lucky so far, but there needs to be some people like us with common sense who are being uh, uh, advising them, who are saying, wait a minute, that's not how the regular person, or regular people think. That's not what they want to hear. You know, at least they start talking about stop talk, focusing on LGBTQ because uh, James Carville and other folks were saying, hey, y'all need to talk about some issues that concerns people. You can't keep talking about these divisive issues like LGBTQ and and uh, and that, that whole thing. The Democrats got away from that for a moment, and I hope they don't. We've had enough of that. Not that it's not important, but there are more important things than than to use all of your political capital capital on such a small group, which all of them aren't supportive of you. I definitely agree with that sentiment. People are trying to put food on the table. People are trying to fill up their gas tanks. People are trying to pay off student loans. People have real issues, and you know, and, and forget healthcare. The Democrats should stick to what the people need and want and forget all of the other identity politics. Well, this is why we are out here. And Scott, to your question, I will just go back to the old adage that, as they say, politics and sausage are two things you never want to see how they're made. Because when you get close to it, and I have unfortunately been close enough to talk to some of these politicians in real time, and it really will turn your stomach the kind of thinking that they do, which is really based on finding just the quote-unquote broad common denominators and lead path of least resistance. And so they really don't stand for the kind of things that, as you said, the average person is really interested in. And it really will just leave a bad taste in your mouth. So that's why we have to be out here as the brothers talk, and we will continue to be out here because somebody has to say it, and if nobody else will, we'll do it. In our Black Business Spotlight, meet Shante Arati. After helping over 10,000 businesses secure millions in funding and generating thousands for herself as a passive income earner during the pandemic, this Ohio-based entrepreneur has created the She Boss Up Grants for Women. Now in his third year, Roddy is the mastermind behind the grant application training step-by-step process to winning free money, win grants with ease masterclass bundle, and the winning grant application cheat sheet and checklist. With nearly 70,000 subscribers on YouTube and tens of thousands of others on social media platforms, Roddy provides insights on everything from grants to erasing student debt to sharing which banks, cities, or states are offering relief. For more information, visit SheBossTalk.com. That's a wrap for another program, and God willing, we'll keep our focus on the issues that impact our community on the path to a better future. Don't forget you can follow and communicate with us, sending your comments, questions, and show ideas to The Brothers Talk on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Until the next time, as always, we sincerely appreciate your time and interest and rest assured that we'll never take it or you for granted. And remember, let's do better today because that's all we really have.